Hello and welcome to episode 22 of About IBD. I'm Amber Tresca. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 1989 at the age of 16 and underwent J-pouch surgery in 1999. My guest is Eric of Vegan Ostomy. Eric has a unique experience to share where he basically went through just about any kind of treatment he could find on the internet. Unfortunately, that meant that he got quite ill with his Crohn's disease. However, he has so much wisdom to share from his experiences in delving into the naturopathic world for his Crohn's disease. And he lays it all out for us, including the red flags that you should look for whenever you're considering a treatment option that isn't recommended by one of your gastroenterologists. Not only does Eric give a great interview, he has a fantastic YouTube channel. And especially if you're an ostomate, you will want to see all of his videos that he has there. We recorded this interview in Chicago while at Healthy Voices. Healthy Voices is a conference that brings together advocates from different disease communities so that they can learn from one another and amplify their voices. And so from Chicago comes Eric of Vegan Ostomy. I feel like I feel like I probably don't even know how many things you tried to get your Crohn's disease under control, Eric. How many things do you think you tried? If I were to guess, I, I would probably say at least two dozen different things. Now, we're talking about supplements. We're talking about different techniques like acupuncture and chiropractor, th- things like that. Like we're talking in excess of two dozen, I'm sure. Two dozen. Yeah. And what was the time period over which you tried all these different things? So when I first found out that I had Crohn's disease, I kind of went on this like mad dash to research it. And by research, it means hitting Google, finding kind of the first one or two websites and and kind of sticking with that. And so this was around, you know, late 2008, early 2009, where I started to say, hey, look, you know what? There seems to be an alternative to taking medication. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, so I started exploring all these different avenues at that point, and I really got sucked into that um, by then. So that's when I started it. But I mean, this went on for several years up until the point where it was kind of like, hey, now I have to have surgery because things got so bad. So, I mean, we're talking about a span of, you know, four years at least that I was trying everything but the right things. Right. <laughs> so so everything but the right things. So. Yeah none of the things that you tried provided you, and I realized that uh, it would be a subjective thing because it wouldn't be like, oh, uh, you went and had a scope and they were able to say, oh, okay, this thing helped or whatever, but you were just sort of basing it off of your your symptoms or how you felt. Yeah, yeah, and, and unfortunately, the problem when you're looking at, let's say alternative um, therapies and things like that, a lot of it's gonna be anecdotal. A lot of it's super, super subjective. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, you know, monitor, you know, bowel movements, how I feel, if there was pain, um, things like that. And it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I kind of noticed differences here. But, you know, Crohn's disease and IBD in general, it's very up and down. So feeling good one week and then feeling like crap the next week is normal. Um, But unfortunately, when you're trying something to make yourself feel better, those good weeks seem a lot longer than they, when they actually were. So, you know, you feel good for one or two days, you, you kind of attribute, you attribute that to this new thing that you've started. 
And unfortunately, you never, you know, take stock of the bad days because they, they're way more bad days than good days when you look at it. Um, but, I, you know, I, I took logs, I took like diary, health, health logs, I call them, but they were basically diaries of what was going on, what I was eating, how many bowel movements I had, what my level of pain was, uh, my level of fatigue, things like that, what I was taking. So I, I have these very detailed logs. And, you know, when I go back and look at them, I really wasn't doing too well on anything that I tried. Mm. So back then, you know, I thought, wow, this is really, you know, this is doing something. And I would try to convince my wife that this was doing something. And she knew, no, it's not doing anything because you haven't <laughs> been able to leave the house. Yeah. Um, she knew, but I was kind of blinded by that. I really wanted it to work. So to me, it was working. And I think that's part of the danger in, in getting sucked into that. So I feel like you went about trying things and forgive me but these things were not scientifically proven but you went about it in a very scientific way yeah yeah you could say that I, you know i have to be able to measure progress and for me that was you know doing the food logs and doing the the health logs and kind of keeping stock of what was going on but you know like any any bad researcher uh, you can't really observe your own data. You need a third party to kind of monitor that, some kind of unbiased source. And I didn't have that. So for me, I'm looking back at all this as it's happening and I'm thinking, wow, you know what? Yeah, Tuesday was good. Wednesday was good. This this might actually be working. Um, and, and really, it's, it's not really true. Uh, and I've tried so many different things. And at the time, I should have just thought, yeah, you know what? Nothing's working. And that's why you're doing so many different things. But I, I only realized that in hindsight, you know, how dangerous it was in that situation, because I really was not doing well. Um, and I got to the point where, you know, I was bedridden for months. And it was only the out outsiders, you know, my wife, kids, people, you know, in my family who were able to see that. But I was totally blinded at the time because I wanted it to work. And that's part of the problem when you want something to work really, really badly. You kind of start making up things in your head to convince you that it's working, even though it's not. And there's a, a lot of danger in that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm wondering how much of this was control because getting a diagnosis like Crohn's disease, any form of IBD, you are no longer in control. Mm. And it sounds to me like this was a way for you to sort of take control of it. Yes. I, yeah, I think part of that was definitely having, you know, ownership of my own health and, and ownership of this disease. But a lot of it was also just believing that, hey, this is an easy thing to cure. You know, and a lot of the stories that I kind of got sucked into online were these very anecdotal, you know, I did this for 30 days and now I'm off all my medication. I'm feeling great. I'm kind of, you know, doing all these things. So I kind of... I kind of wanted to believe that so badly. So a lot of it was, yeah, taking control and whatever, but a big part of it was just believing what people were saying, believing those anecdotes and not realizing that, hey, this one person really doesn't represent much. And, uh, and, I, and I failed to realize it at the time. So yeah, control was part of it. Um, being able to just not rely on a, on a, on a doctor to tell me what I need to do. I think that was empowering at the time, but it was very short-sighted. 
And if, if I were to go back and do it again, I'd probably be a little smarter about it. I'd probably still go through that, that whole process and say, yeah, you know what? I want to try all these things just to, to say I've tried them. They didn't work. Let's move on. But I, I probably wouldn't have invested as much time and energy and money into those things if I were to do it again. In reading these things online, obviously I've seen plenty of them. Did you ever wonder if any of them were actually true? that people actually did feel better after doing whatever it was that they were suggesting. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. A lot of these stories were, you know, people, quote unquote, tried everything. Right. And Which, by the way, that, I'm just interrupting you because that's a huge red flag to me when people say I've tried, I've tried everything. <laughs> right. It is impossible for you to have tried everything. It would take years for you to go through all of the drugs right. and all of the treatments right. available. So when people tell me that they've been diagnosed within the last decade and then they say something like, I've tried everything, yeah. that really bothers me And because I feel as though, not on the people, but I feel as though that their care has probably not been at the level that it should be mm -hmm. because it's not possible for you to have tried everything yet. Of course, anyway, right. of course. But, you know, so the stories usually start off with, I've tried everything. Um, and then it, it'll kind of go into, but I discovered X, <laughs> but. ABC. It's almost, almost like a script, right? And, yeah. it, and part of it, it, now it sets off red flags. But back yeah. then, yeah. you know, it was kind of like I wanted to just believe so badly that what these people were saying was true. And then you would get on board with someone else saying, oh, yeah, you know what? I tried that. It actually did make me feel better. Uh, I'm not doing it anymore for whatever reason. But, you know, and then you kind of believe that, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people that are getting well on this stuff. I'm going to try it. So, you know, you go and try it. Uh, it doesn't work, obviously. Uh, it doesn't make you feel better spend a lot of money on it. Uh, and then you kind of come back to the drawing board and it's like, well, let me try this other thing because, hey, someone else had good luck with that. So let's try it. So is this big cycle where you're just going from one thing to another to another and everybody has their own anecdote to share. And unfortunately, you can find an anecdote about anything. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work or, or that it has even worked for the first person. So that was something that I was running into um, that I failed to recognize. But, but that's definitely kind of how, how I got into it, reading these stories and thinking, yeah, you know what, why don't I try that? Mm -hmm. You know, and I had really nothing to lose at the time. I wasn't bad right after my diagnosis. I actually didn't have any of the uh, digestive symptoms. So that took a few years to, to come in, but so I figured I had a lot of time to, to nip this thing in the bud, right? So I tried what I could. And, and unfortunately, you know, delaying actually getting real treatment was a big mistake. Do you mind telling me, did you ever add up how much money you spent? Oh, thousands, thousands, easily thousands. Easily thousands. Easily thousands. Well, I, I, I remember, sorry, yeah. I remember one month um, just with supplements and then the cost to, to ship them and this and that, we're talking three, $400 easily in a month. Right. Easily. Which medication could actually cost that much too, you know, I mean, <laughs> Not for you, you're Canadian and have actual healthcare system, but it, it could cost that much. So it's, it's debatable that, you know, you could be spending the money on other things, you know, a treatment that a physician prescribed, but at the same time, um, this is something that these things weren't scientifically proven. There was no evidence behind right. them, as you're saying. They were mostly anecdotal. Mm -hmm. And also you're trusting this anecdote that this person is telling you that it is the truth. Mm -hmm. So... 
um, if you don't have that level of skepticism in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to get control over something that um, uh, we almost don't have control over, actually. Um, take me through, though, you got your diagnosis. What did they suggest? They Did they suggest a treatment? Like, what, like, did you break up with your doctor? Like, what happened? No, so... You know, like I, I was on a couple of the, I guess, standard treatments at the time, things right. like antibiotics, anti-inflammatories, you know, like the old school type things. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't start you off on biologics back then. Yeah. And, um, you know, those are things that just, you know, they wouldn't, I would have some side effects. Um, they were tolerable, but I didn't see that they were helping, right? I didn't see any benefits. So, you know, I, it was kind of like, well, why go with medication when I can go with this safe? And and these are these are more red flags that now that I think about it, they should have set off red flags back then. But you know, you read about safe, safe, effective. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something you can do. You know, at home. Um, do they say things like no side no side effects? No side effects. Do they effects. use things like big pharma? Do they say that big a pharma, lot? Big pharma was a was a huge <laughs> buzzword in those communities, and yeah. it was very. See, the communities that I belonged to back then were um, in the category they call themselves natural hygiene, had natural hygienists or whatever, and 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 the idea is your body can kind of self heal itself when you give it the right conditions. And on the face of it, yeah, I guess, you know, that, that is kind of true. You know, you, you get a cut, your body heals itself. You don't really have to do anything. But when we're talking about something like an autoimmune disease or some other very severe chronic illnesses, that's not actually true all the time. You have to kind of give it some help. And oftentimes that's through medication, like actual tested, you know, and, and thoroughly researched medication. But the whole idea with, with, with natural hygiene back then was, look, you know what, you just, you eat the right foods, it doesn't matter what you have, your body will heal itself. And healing was a big buzzword, safe was a big buzzword. Um, you don't wanna go with big pharma. That was, it was always like you against them. Um, and you kind of get sucked into that. And it's a very dangerous, almost like a cult-like atmosphere because as soon as you start questioning anything like that, they become hostile. And I remember at one point, and this was kind of when I transitioned into really becoming a hard skeptic about this sort of thing, uh, I started questioning what the quote unquote gurus were saying. And I thought, well, no, you know, I read your book and that's, it, that's actually not well researched. And what you said there was blatantly false. And, um, you know, you kind of ask more questions and the more questions you asked in those communities and on those forums, the more flack you got, you know, and it was kind of like it became like blaming you for not getting better. Well, this diet works, you just didn't do it right. And that's the big thing back then is if you went on a supplement or, or some kind of treatment that they prescribed or suggested, um, if it didn't work, it was always your fault. Well, you didn't do it long enough. You didn't eat the right food, you know, and it was kind of like, well, I, I don't think eating an apple instead of eating a pear is really gonna make that much of a difference. Do you? Well, yeah, it could make all the difference. So it was one of those things where all these red flags were, were coming into play and, and that's when I recognized like something is wrong here. I don't believe that all these people have magically cured themselves of these illnesses because it wasn't just an IBD 
focus forum or community that I was on was kind of like everything. Um, and, and that's kind of where I started moving away from that and getting more into, okay, well, what is the more well-researched, you know, therapies uh, for IBD? And, and you kind of realize that it's none of those other things. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of how it is with a lot of supplements and uh, illnesses where you see these quick fixes they all kind of fall under the same category where it's not well-researched. It's all anecdote-based. Uh, and, and there's a lot of red flags when you start looking for them or once you're able to recognize them, you can you can notice them right away. It sounds like a, to a toxic atmosphere, actually, that you would go in to be told, for your example, an apple and a pear, to be told that you're doing it wrong otherwise you would be getting better yes 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 so the whole yeah so the whole lifestyle back then was very much based on pseudoscience so you know you would hear things like you know eating alkaline foods is gonna kind of balance things out in your body you want to make sure your ph so there was a lot of people testing their urine ph a lot of people doing like really you know alkaline this and 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 so it was kind of like to the point where um, you know, you, you shouldn't have vinegar because vinegar is too acidic for you and that's gonna, it's gonna cause problems. And, um, you know, garlic, you know, yeah, I know the scientists, quote unquote, scientists say that it's all healthy for you, but it's really not good. If you can't eat large quantities of it, then it must be toxic for you. If it, you know, makes your eyes burn, if you, if you get some juice in your eye, then it must be bad for you. It's toxic. And that was kind of the, the environment that it was in. So slowly you start whittling things down and it's like, okay guys, well, I'm eating exactly what you say. I'm not getting better. What's the problem? And and then it's always turning it back on you. Well, you're not doing it right. Oh, you know, is it all organic now? So there's always like moving the goalpost, right? Uh, and that's kind of how it felt. So it's, it's like, okay, fine. Let me get locally grown, you know, organic produce. You know, I was spending something like $200, uh, $200 a week mostly on my food because it had to be organic. It had to be this, it had to be that. And it was kind of like, okay, guys, now I'm doing it right. Still not feeling better. Well, you're not doing it right because you need to do this. And so it never, it never ended. It was always, you're doing it wrong. There's another th step you have to take. And that's kind of the trap that I fell into with, um, with one particular person who had been quote unquote, prescribing different supplements and whatnot. And it was kind of like one after another after another. It's like, you know what? You said this would work. It's not working. What do I do now? Well, I have something else for you. Well, how much is that going to cost? Well, it's only $80, but that should last you about a month. Okay, let's try that. You know, but you can only do so much of that before your body just finally says, I've had enough. Okay, you are too sick to do this. Stop. Um, and unfortunately, it got to that point, you know, where I couldn't get out of bed. I was constantly in pain. It was kind of like getting to the point where it was ridiculous. My family kicked me out because they, they just couldn't see me in that kind of pain all the time. Um, so I fell into that trap. And unfortunately, I stayed in there way too long, way longer than I needed to. Um, you know, and it's fine to try new things, but don't, don't get so involved in those new things that you're hurting yourself ultimately. And that's, that's what I ended up doing. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad to say I have the experience that I went through that, but I don't wish that on anyone. You know, you want to experiment, experiment with something that maybe your doctor is, is okay with. Um, but don't just go searching for things because you're going to find something. It's going to look good to you. 
and you're gonna try it, it's probably not gonna work, but more than that, it's gonna delay you from actually getting the treatment you need. And that I think is probably the most harmful part. Whether or not the actual supplement or therapy or whatever has no side effects or is safe, quote unquote safe, it's delaying you from actually getting better. And there's a danger in that. There's a huge danger in yeah. that, especially with Crohn's disease, because things oh, can get progressive and then you can end up with all sorts of extremely unsavory complications. So were you actually seen by this person who was prescribing all of these things or was this all online? So, yeah, so I actually, <laughs> I had quite a few doctors and quite a few naturopathic doctors. Um, I, I saw at least- Well, well not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and I say that kind of with a smile on my face because they may, they may call themselves they call doctors. Themselves it's just they are not, not yeah, yeah, it's just not, they're not medical professionals. Right. Um, so I've seen at least three naturopaths, a chiropractor who, who swore that he could fix Crohn's disease by fixing, I don't know, subluxations or something like that in the spine. It was just a big story. He really sold me on it too. Um, I saw acupuncturists. I saw one guy who actually had me go through like dream recollection and visualization and things like that because that was going to help me oh nice with my because Crohn's the Crohn's disease. disease is your fault because there's something wrong right with you. so yeah. envision envision yeah. your colon as it rusted and falling apart and then and then try to imagine that as a brand new pristine Mm -hmm. colon. I'm not opposed to that because oh, that's fine. some therapies and acupuncture is one of the things that might help some people. But at the same time, you weren't receiving any like, like actual treatment. Right. Yeah, that, that's yeah. fine. It, that, yeah. But that's not going to reverse severe inflammation and, yeah. <laughs> and fistulas and everything else. Yeah, fistulas. So, oh you, my God. You know, but, but, but here's the thing. You yeah. run into these people who say, oh no, I have a fistula treatment. It works. You know, worked on me. It worked on these people that are all, you know, testimonial page and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, you end up doing it. But yeah, I mean, I saw several natu naturopaths and acupuncturists, chiropractors. I had my own uh, gastroenterologist, a real doctor um, that I saw on occasion. I actually had switched to a couple of different ones just, I guess, to get second opinions. Um, you know, and I always wanted to hear... It, if they weren't telling me what I wanted to hear, I was kind of like, well, then you're not doing me any good. Mm. And then I would go to someone else. But yeah. they were really telling me the, the stuff that I the needed truth. to follow through with, and I wasn't doing it. And that's that's very unfortunate. Um, I actually had to run into a, a GI who, who told me like, look, you know what? Do you want to die or not? Like, this is, come on. He kind of talked some sense into me. Um, he was very blunt about it, but I needed to hear that. Was that... The turning point for you, that physician who said that to you? Yes, yeah, and that that was that, yeah. So that was the um, gastroenterologist who kind of got me on a clinical trial, kind of got me on the right path, and yeah, he was very very blunt about it. But but I'm thankful that he was. You know, I don't want I don't want doctors to be so sensitive about maybe hurting my feelings that they're not telling me what I need to hear. Um. And he, he was definitely one of those doctors who said, look, you're a liability. If you want to do these things, that's fine, but you can't be my patient. You, know, you want to do medical marijuana? Um, I don't believe for a second that it works. Uh, if you want to try it, that's fine, but you're not going to be a liability to me because ultimately that's what's 
going to end up happening is you're going to be a liability to me because something's going to happen. You're not going to get well and blah, blah, blah. So you can do that or you can do what I'm suggesting. And it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I, I get it now. And I put my faith in him and, uh, and, and started to take his suggestions to heart. Um, but you had to be in a place where you were ready to hear him. Yeah. So at that time that, you know, my family said, you, you can't stay here anymore unless you're going to get help. It was that it was like literally like an ultimatum. You're either going to get better because we're not going to see you die in the house. That's that was it. I, you know, I had young kids um, and it was just it was too much. So, you know, fortunately, my parents ended up like they live right down the street from this clinic. It's like a research um, place and uh, they do cl clinical trials there and whatnot. So it was very convenient for me to kind of go back and forth during that time between the clinic and their house. And that's kind of, that was the turning point. That kind of got me into at least getting into the right um, types of treatments. You know, ultimately they, they, they didn't work. I still needed surgery, but I, I, I ended up getting to that place where now I am feeling better. And it was really because of that moment. If, if I had gone, if I had continued on the path that I was on, I can't even imagine where I'd be now because I was severely anemic, um, very, very sick. I mean, it was in terrible condition, so. How do you feel when you see patients, for instance, on social media, or even if you um, are working with patients and meeting patients, and they're telling you that they're gonna try the latest diet or the latest spice that's apparently going to cure us all of IBD. Yeah. What, uh, what do you say to them, and, and, and what kind of place does that take you to? You know, first of all, I, I, I have understanding. I know where they're coming from. You know, I can empathize with why they want to do it and, and, and the, kind of their state of mind. Uh, but at the same time, I blame the people promoting these fad diets and junk supplements and things like that because they are taking advantage of a very vulnerable group of people. So I don't blame patients for wanting to try these things. But what I do ask is make sure you talk to your doctor see what they you know see what they think about that because they may say hey yeah you can try that but let me just tell you that according to research there's no evidence that it'll work um, there might be evidence that it may cause harm and then at least the patient is informed and if they say okay so i know that it doesn't work i know that it has a potential to cause harm i'm going to do it anyway at least it's it's on them. They've they're informed enough to make that decision, and I won't stop anybody from making a decision, even if it's a bad decision. But I do want them to be informed. So if they end up hearing that, hey, it's not going to work, it may cause side effects or or other complications, and they ultimately say, you know what, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Perfect. You know, at least they went through the process. You know, at least they researched enough or they they learned enough about it to say one way or another, I'm gonna try it, or no, it's not for me. But if you're only listening to the anecdotes, I think that would be a big mistake. Because there's, you don't know who's telling you those, the anecdote. You don't know who's selling you on the product. It could be the manufacturer themselves. And one of the common things that I found, and this was, this was something I noticed, was you would get someone posting on a forum, new member, they would post this really long story, fantastic story. I mean, it was like, you know, th this is the kind of like model patient as far as therapy goes. You know, they were super sick. 
they did everything. They, they went on this new herb or supplement or, or, or concoction. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. They're, they have a family. They're traveling. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're running their own business. And it was kind of like too good to be true, these stories. But what would happen is they would post that. People would be like, wow, you know, I'm really interested. In, and then they would kind of disappear. They wouldn't, they wouldn't follow up. They wouldn't have anything else. And I noticed this a lot. So you got to have to be careful of your source, right? Who's telling you to take this? Is it a tabloid magazine? Is it, uh, is it a friend, someone you know? Is it uh, a nurse maybe who works in a clinic and they maybe have other patients that are doing these things? Where, where is it coming from, right? If it's only anecdotes that you see on a forum or on a testimonial page for the actual product, um, may in fact not actually be going to be doing anything for you, you know? And, um, you know, that's something that I think patients should know. They have to know both sides of it. If they're only looking at the good news, if they're only looking at the anecdotes, they're going to believe that that's actually true and they can actually get better on that. Where, when in fact, it could just be a big marketing gimmick, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So, do you think that that's something that every patient almost has to go through in their disease journey is to go through the sort of trying the tree bark before moving on? Yeah, I think, I think there's a balance that needs to be met. So, you know, on one hand, you have patients that will only do things for themselves without listening to their doctor, without listening to, you know, any kind of advice from anyone. Um, and that to me is reckless. That could be very dangerous because you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, and when you're talking about something that is chronic and, and a lot of the times, you know, very insidious where small things are changing that you may not get until they become a huge problem. And then now what? Now you're into surgery and, and all these other things. Um, and then there's the other side where people put, patients might put all their faith in what their doctor tells them without doing any kind of research, without checking anything else on their own. And I think that that can also, I, I won't say that's dangerous, but I, I don't think that's as level uh, or as balanced as it should be. I think there, there has to be a happy medium in between there where the patients will feel empowered with being able to make their own choices, but they have to be able to make informed choices. And that's where I think it's very important to speak with your healthcare professionals. You know, speak with your surgeon or gastroenterologist or nurse, whoever you have available who knows about this stuff. See what they think. You know, bounce ideas off the wall. You, maybe they have experience with this new supplement that you've just discovered and maybe they can shed some light on that maybe they can share their experience with perhaps other patients they know who have tried it uh, or maybe there is clinical research you haven't uncovered that they know about um, but at least be informed you know it's 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 bad to go one way or another um, but i think there's a happy medium and i don't think that happy medium is right in the middle i think it should lean towards trusting the healthcare professionals because they really are the experts um, but you should also be doing your own research You're know, making sure that this is something that um, I don't want to say is going to be right for you because you don't know if it's going to be right for you, um, but something that you're comfortable with. I think that's very important. Right. So it's not it's not a matter of only listening to one person at one time, taking what they're saying as gospel. You need to be involved in your own care. Mm. And the decisions need to be joint decisions that you're making together based on a lot of information that you're taking in from different sources. Right. How often do you think patients tell their 
for instance, their gastroenterologist, that they're trying a supplement or a diet? Because I feel like this is all stuff that we sort of do in the dark on our own and we don't yes. tell the doctors. Yes, I would prop. yes. And I think that if, if that patient fell into the same kind of community that I was in, that was very, you know, anti-doctor and anti-big anti -big pharma, all that stuff, I think they would be very reluctant to tell their healthcare professional about that because they don't want to be criticized or maybe they don't believe that their doctor knows as much about this other world of treatments, quote unquote treatments. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there are a lot of patients who are just not telling their doctors that they're on these things, and they really should be, um, because you don't know if a certain herb or supplement or vitamin or whatever is maybe gonna conflict with the actual medication that you might be prescribed. So there, there's also a risk there if you're not telling them, you know, of, of not only just not being criticized, but having a, an actual conflict or, or interact, you know, contradictions with the actual medication you're being prescribed. So, yeah, it, it's always good to be open to your doctor. Um, like I said, they might they might say something like, "Hey, you know what? There actually has been research on that. If you if you're interested in it, here it is." Unfortunately, it doesn't show any benefits, but here's the research, and then at least you'll know a little bit more. But I think keeping secrets, <laughs> keeping secrets from your doctor, doesn't work to benefit you. Um, the less your doctor knows, the, the less able they are to come up with a, a proper plan specific to you. I agree with you. Yeah. And then also, if you do bring something to them and they're hypercritical and are making you feel less than, um, that is not a healthy doctor-patient mm -hmm. relationship right. either. Right. So, yeah. yeah, like you said, you have to strike that balance. Yeah. And, and that's kind of right. And that's, you know, I, I encourage people if they're really unsatisfied with the way their doctors are kind of handling their case, just get a second opinion. You know, you don't, you don't have to find a doctor that's going to be a hundred percent with every single thing that you bring up. Cause that, that probably would be very irresponsible for them to say, yeah, yeah, you know, go ahead and try that. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to do that, go ahead and try that. I think that's irresponsible. But at the same time, you don't want a doctor that's not open-minded about certain things. And there may be certain beneficial alternative therapies that may help you. It, they may not help to reverse your inflammation, but maybe they might help reduce stress, you know, increase your appetite or something like that. Um, and I think it's important that your doctor, you and your doctor work together to kind of figure out what's going to work best for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they can prescribe medication that has been shown to work and that's great. But there may be something else. There might be a, a piece of that puzzle that isn't being filled that, hey, how about this? Can I try that? Or what do you think about this? Do you think this is safe if I try that? And let them give you their opinions on that. And if you want to go with it, go with it. But at least you're informed about it. That's perfect. Yeah. That's such wonderful advice. I'm sorry that you went through everything that you went through. And you've shared with me some of the some of the moments that you recorded, and they were pretty dark when you were in the midst of that. And I'm unhappy that that happened to you. But at the same time, it has made you into an advocate that can help other people not get to that place mm -hmm. so I'm not happy about it <laughs> that it happened to you but i'm grateful that you're able to use your powers for good yeah <laughs> I, I you know i kind of consider myself uh you know a, 
and I hate to use the term, but a guinea pig in a sense, <laughs> because I, I wanna try things. And this is kind of what I do even with my, you know, awesome product reviews. A lot of people say, well, man, how do, you, how do you try so many different, isn't that hard on your skin? So yeah, it's sometimes really hard on my skin. It absolutely <laughs> is. But you know what? It's better me doing it than than you. Um, and in a way, that's kind of how I've been with everything. You know what? And I can say I've been on this and I've been on that supplement. I've been on that pill, that herb, that you know Chinese medicine, whatever. I can say I did all that, mm-hmm. and and I can share my experience with that. Uh, sometimes it's entertaining. Sometimes it's shocking. You know. Sometimes it's kind of like sad, but. I'm happy to at least have that experience that I could share and, and hopefully maybe prevent somebody from going through that and ultimately ending up in a place that they did not want to be in the first place. So, Exactly. So let's wrap up by telling everybody where they can find all of your amazing reviews of products. Yeah, so my um, my main website is veganostomy.ca. Uh, you can find me pretty much on any social media just by searching for veganostomy. Um, and I also just started a new website called Ostomeme. And that's ostomeme.com. It's kind of like a, a humor website for people living with chronic illness or who have an ostomy and then just kind of making light of the situation. Uh, if you're into memes and, and things like that, I think you're going to really like it. Uh, so that's that's my second home, so to speak. Yeah, that's so fun. Oh, my gosh. That could be a big time sink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also YouTube. So yes, forget, I have uh, a YouTube channel. Right. Absolutely. And again, nice it's veganostomy. I have a lot of um, videos, tar- you know, specific to ostomy care, ostomy products, things like that. But I also talk about and share my experience of living with IBD and, and how that's been. So uh, that's another place you can find me. I, I do enjoy uh, interacting with, you know, my fans, my followers, my community. So you can always find me somewhere. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, I feel like you have like a twin or a, a cologne somewhere sometimes like you're everywhere and you have so much content it's amazing i love it thanks for sitting down and sharing your experience i feel like other people who went through what you went through might not feel comfortable sharing it in such an open way so thank you for that no I, it's my pleasure it's um totally an honor to be here face to face doing this with you so. i know right we really get to see each other a couple of times a year this is really cool Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Hey there, super listener. Special thanks to Eric of Vegan Ostomy for sitting down with me and being so completely open and honest about his experiences as he looked for something, anything, that would help him with his Crohn's disease that went beyond traditional medical therapy. You can find Eric all over the interwebs as Vegan Ostomy. And I'm not kidding. I do think that he is holding out on us and he has a twin or a clone or a really good assistant because he turns out so much content. Plus he has a regular job and he has a family. So I'm a little bit in awe of him. Maybe a lot actually. Don't forget to follow him. All of his information is in the show notes and While you're there, don't forget to look at my information. You can follow me all over the interwebs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest as About IBD. And also a little website at aboutibd.com. And additionally, all of my work on inflammatory bowel disease that you can find at verywell.com. Thanks for listening. 
And remember, I want you to know more about IBD. 